0: He's in chapter 1, right after the book of Galatians, right before Philippians. Glad to be here to say amen. amen. Well, I'm telling you what, I, I love coming to the house of the Lord. What a great privilege it is to be here, to be with you, to be in, in worship of the Lord. And uh, Man, you know, people don't like worship. They're not going to be real happy in heaven, you know that? That's, I mean, we're going to do a lot of that, I believe, without a doubt in my mind. Well, I appreciate your testimonies tonight. They were a blessing to me. And there's still a lot to pray about. I don't know if anybody in here knows of a man by the name of Dale Vance. He's a very well-known evangelist in this area, Baptist, Circle Independent Baptist. His wife, Rachel, about 55, something like mid-50s, she passed away today. So pray for Dale and the family. She's a lovely lady. He's a wonderful man of God. So I I could not imagine, so pray, pray, pray for that family. Talk to Mitzi Roberts a little bit today, and um, Mitzi's kind of on the downgrade, she told me. She's on a walker in her home, so you pray for Mitzi. She's such a sweet-spirited person and wants to be here. Also, the the Rose family, Barry Rose's uh, stepmother's mother, 94 years old, I can't remember her name, passed away. We were praying for her on the column all day, if you remember, I, I put it out. Debbie and I are not divorced. <laughs> Have you heard that rumor? It is not true. She, uh, she, yeah, Cam, Camden, you, you know he's got autism, and, and, and he'll ask Mandy, when are we going? Saturday, Sunday, or Monday? And he'll ask that at least once a minute, maybe sometime, but Anyway, she'll, she'll be back, she misses being here, but I'll tell you what, you know, isn't it good to be where you're supposed to be? It may not always be where we're comfortable and feel good, or everything's happy, happy, happy. Every time I say that, I think of Alan Stewart, and y'all probably do too, but uh, it's good to be in God's will, because there, we know He's with us. I have enjoyed this series on dispensational truths. I hope you have. I, I'll be honest with you, I never dreamt that we would have taken so long. I was going to, my plan was kind of to skip through these, give the highlights of these seven dispensations and move on. I wanted to get into some definitions of some great Bible terms like justification, glorification, a few other things like that. But you know what? I'd rather be in God's will than, than not. So we're starting tonight here in Ephesians 1. The last study, or the study on the last dispensation that we find in the Word of God. And listen now, being premillennialists, and that's what we are. You say, well, what is that, preacher? Well, that's what I am, so I'm your pastor. You are too. You may not know it. We believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, and we believe in a literal millennial reign of Jesus Christ for a thousand years. Millie Anna means a thousand years. Now, see, when I was growing up over in Boone County, my my childhood and all the great heroes of faith that I had in my life, even my grandparents, my mom and my dad, they did not believe they were what is known as a millennialist. A meaning it's going to negate what comes after whatever word that is. It's going to come after it, it's going to negate it. We didn't believe in a literal thousand-year reign of Christ. They taught and they believed simply because they didn't understand how to rightly divide the Word of God. They were great people, lived good, clean, godly lives, as saved as anybody could be, but they were just ignorant or lacked knowledge in how to rightly divide the Scripture. No one had taught them. No one had taught them. So they believe that Jesus was now, he was ruling in a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, as he said in our heart. All right? As he said on the throne of our heart. I, I've told you all this before and I'll tell it to you again. I used to remember reading Revelation 20, we're going to see that tonight, how that, you know, Satan is is bound for a thousand years. You know, that angel comes down and binds him with the chain, casts him. I used to think, well, dude, if that's, ha- if that's true, then that b- booker has got a long chain. You know what I mean? I'd have that image of, I'd, I'd tie our dogs up on a chain a lot of times and just run till the... Ch- dogs never get it, do they? <laughs> Man, they'll cut dry, and they forget they're on a leash. You know what I'm saying? But uh, But the Word of God teaches us that there are seven different periods of time through, throughout the history of man where God tries man according to a set of, of expectations and rules. And in every dispensation, man has failed. He's failed in, in rebellion. He, he, the, the, the dispensation ends in failure because of man's failure. And we're starting to look at the last one tonight, Great passage of scripture here in the book of of Ephesians, and as I was reading and studying this today, I thought, you know, last week when I closed on on the uh, dispensation of grace, I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll look at the the dispensation of the millennium, and and we'll just spend a you know week or two on it, just highlighting the covenant of of uh, uh, of uh, Abraham, the covenant of David, which is very very important to this. The more I kept reading on this and digging deeper, I thought, man, I think we could spend weeks and months on this, and we could fruitful. I'm not going to unless the Lord leads that. But I hope I hope you dig deeper into this. As I was looking at convergence in this age of the church in this in this dispensation of grace, which runs parallel with the church age. If you remember, the convergence of many signs that's pointing to the near. Return of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're going to look at the culmination of things in this dispensation, where we have the convergence in the other. This is the culmination, or this is this is when everything comes to a, a point of of something that's amazing, and I think that it is chapter one of the book of Ephesians, beginning in verse ten. I'm going to read eleven and twelve, and listen to what Paul said. Now, Paul was given a great opportunity, if you remember you remember God gave him, He revealed to him of the church age. He revealed to him that dispensation that dealt with the church age. You can read that in the passages above this. But He says that in the dispensation, singular, of the fullness of time. Now this this study could be called that. The study of the dispensation of the fullness of times. But generally, uh, theologians have titled them, you know, the, uh, what stands out mostly in that dispensation, and in this it's the millennium, it's the thousand years. In the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. In whom also we have in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. That now listen to this: that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ. And if that don't make you set up straight and say glory to God, I don't know what will. God is using us, folks, lumps of clay, in such a way that we are sure to bring Him glory and praise. Now, if that doesn't affect any of you, it overwhelms me. It humbled The other night, the other night I was thinking, and I may surprise some of you that I think on occasion, but I do. And I was thinking, I mean, I, I just got drove. I, I was just driven down in the dust of humility. And you say, why, preacher? Well, I begin to think about the Apostle Paul, what he was, what he did for Christ, and as much as anything, what he suffered for the cause of Christ. Now, hey, look up here, folks. I've not suffered for Jesus. I, I, I mean, I've had a few things said about me and a few things said to me and done to But listen, I've, I've not spent a night and a day in the deep. I've not received 40 strikes, save one, five times. I've not been beaten with rods. I've not been in perils everywhere I travel. And do you know what? I mean, I was just driven down. I mean, I'm going to stand with Him someday. My reward won't be His, but can I tell you what? If I fulfill my purpose in this generation, in this hour, as Paul fulfilled him, his, I'm going to bring in some small way glory to God like Paul did. Amen. Wow! And so will you. Now, we're not wise to compare ourselves with one another. The Word of God teaches us that clearly. And that wasn't what I was doing. But every now and then I think about the great soldiers of the cross and what they did and what what they accomplished for Christ and how God used them. But can I tell you what it really was? They're lumps of clay like we are and they just put their faith in God and the power of God worked through them. That's all he wants from us. It's for us to put our faith in him and allow the spirit and the power of God to work through us. So here I'm going to sum it up. Whatever you do from here on in to the end, whatever you do, do it to all your might for the glory of God. Don't hold back. I mean, just let it all go for the glory of God. I don't know about y'all, but at this age, I pray strange prayers. I, think, I thank God for things that I'd never thought of thanking Him for at 25 years of age. I, I, I just, I mean, I just, you know, I just guess took it for granted. Shame on me. And I ask Him things that I'd never ask Him for. 25 years of age. I asked the Lord to let me finish well. I know my days are numbered. They've always been numbered, but I'm realizing it more than ever. So I need to quit testifying and start teaching, do I not? But, but Paul's talked about the distanciation of the fullness of time. And I want to read a couple of remarks that Schofield made. I've underlined them. They impressed me He says that this is, of course, the seventh and the last dispensation. I know that. You know that if you've been studying um, of the human condition on planet Earth. But but when he's talking about the dispensation of the fullness of times, this is what kind of drawed me to his remarks. It is a time when the suffering ends in glory. I don't know how much you all have read about the kingdom. Hey, everybody everybody look up here and listen right now. We're not in the kingdom age. You hear a lot of preachers preaching that, and generally the prosperity gospel preachers, they're talking about kingdom life and all that. We're in the church age. The kingdom age is yet to come. But boy, I'm telling you, here on planet earth, if you've not read Isaiah, especially chapter 11, if you've not read the book of Ezekiel, and if you want to start in chapter 41 and read through and look at the... Look at, the, look at the, uh, how He builds the, uh, the temple in the millennium age and all of that. The book of Zechariah, especially chapter 12 through, uh, through 14. And read, read some of those places. I, I'll tell you, it's going to be an amazing time on planet earth. Going to be an absolutely glorious time on planet earth. It's the time when Israel's blindness and chastisement ends in restoration and in conversion, and I say glory to God. Remember the kingdom that God promised David has been postponed, but not not, uh, abrogated. It has not been forgotten. It just has yet to be fulfilled. Uh, The time of creation's troubles ends with deliverance, at the manifestation of the sons of God, really what he was saying, at the manifestation of Jesus Christ. Do you all know that this world groans? This world was made subject to vanity, not willingly. J. Vernon McGee says he was coming down the stairs in his home out in in California. I forget where he lives. He said, I had trouble with my knees. And he said... He said, I was grown and he said, my wife called my attention to it. And she, he said, I want you to know I'm just being biblical. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to groan in this body, he said. So one of these days, friend, the curse on planet earth is going to be removed. I mean, this world is going to be uh, replenished to a, to a point where that it looked like looks like The Garden of Eden. Listen, get with this. Our Lord's going to be reigning on planet earth. And there's going to be a kingdom of righteousness on this planet. And we're going to be there. We are going to be there in a capacity of ruling and reigning with Him. I don't understand. I don't propose to understand all this. But here's what I do know. Jesus is no fool. And you say, what do you mean, preacher? Look, no man would get married to his bride and then go on his honeymoon by himself. He'd be a fool, right? Our honeymoon is going to last a thousand years, and we're going to honeymoon here on planet Earth. Can we imagine? Man has accomplished some pretty unique things, don't you all think? Can we imagine the kind of accomplishments this world and man will we'll we'll be able to achieve during that period of time. Now, it's going to be all about Jesus. It's going to be a kingdom all about Him. But my, 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 what a time that will be, and what a place this will be. Now, you say, preacher, and and any question you all have on on the millennial reign as we turn to Revelation chapter 20, I may not be able to answer, but all of them, all of them is welcome. I mean, I used to wonder, I used to wonder, how could natural man and men that have been saved, gone through the rapture, have a new body, how could they cohabitate? Well, I can't explain it, but hey, listen, the Bible says they will and we will. It's going to happen. I mean, mean, there's going to be death during that period of time. Men will start living like they did in the age uh, pre-Noah days, pre-flood days, pre antediluvian days. You want to get a series of different ways we can refer to Noah days? I mean, the Bible says that a man shall die as a child if he's 100 years old. I just saw on, I don't know, somewhere or another the other day, I was watching a football game. They They had the camera on a, on a surviving World War II vet, 104 years old, 102, something like that. I thought, wow, there's not many of that great generation that fought and served left. But in that day, if a man dies at 100 years old, they'll, they'll call him a child. Isn't that amazing? Does this excite anybody but you're a pastor? Is it overwhelming to you? It is me. Well, listen to what he says in chapter 20 of the book of the Revelation, beginning in verse Verse one. Now now look how look, look how plain God is in this. When I grew up, I'm going back to my experience. When I grew up, they tried to make this be something else. They just they tried to change it. They they said that's not what that means. Hey, listen, God means what he says and says what he means. If God meant something else in this, he would have told us, but but I love this scripture. He said, And I saw an angel, John did, come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him, how many years? A thousand years. Now, we can't get wrong who this angel uh, got a hold of and chained. I mean, the the Lord doesn't give us the litany of the list of his name, but it's pretty, pretty clear who it is. His, what, was, what was Satan's original name before he fell? Lucifer. Lucifer. What does Lucifer mean? Well, he was an angel. What did the word Lucifer mean? What? He was over the music. He was the chief musician. That's why he has music affecting worship and, and false stuff today. That's how he gets a lot of people. But what did his name mean? Light of the morning. Isn't that amazing? He was the chief cherub, if I remember correctly. And he got jealous, got pride in his heart and fell. I was talking to the Lord the other night and I said, now I think strange things about eternity. I mean, I've even thought if if anybody can mess up in eternity, it's going to be me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And the Lord reminded me that no, God is conforming me to the image of His dear Son, so I'm taking care of that. But, but, but have you ever wondered why God allowed Satan to do what he did in heaven? I have too. And, and that's okay to ask. I mean, he gave angels undoubtedly a free will. They're way different than what we are. I mean, Adam was our federal head or the representative of all mankind. That's why when Jesus come, he could provide a salvation for all mankind. But, but there is no hope for those angels that followed Lucifer in rebellion. There, there's no salvation provided for them. They, they, create, they, they um, committed, not created, but committed a great apostasy. And you say, why didn't God provide salvation for them? Because they sinned individually. I mean, it's just amazing. And it's deep as deep and high as high and I float in it, but I like getting in there every now and then. But, but he goes on. I, I don't know when. I don't know when the rebellion in heaven happened. I'm supposing that it happened pre-creation, but I don't know that. I'm talking about Adam and Eve. There's a lot of great men in, in different camps as to, you know, the fall when it took place, um, how long the earth has been here. I'm a, I'm a young earth creationist. I believe that it's been here 6,000 years. A lot of people, because it begins in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, earth without firm, form and void, and there was darkness upon the face of the deep. You know, because there was a chaotic earth, that, that there had been a time when it had been inhabited. There's theologians think that Satan came down and inhabited the earth and caused all the mess that it did, and God just created... Look, I, I believe that we've got the story of the creation of planet Earth like God intends for us to. And you say, well, you, you say, what about these dinosaurs and all this kind of stuff? Look, there was no death until Adam and Eve die, or sinned and God pronounced judgment of death upon them. I know there are dinosaurs. I, I, I don't have time to get into that now and I'd have to refresh my memory on it but i believe in a young earth not a earth that earth that's millions or billions of years old so there's a lot of, and when you get into those things we we can only suppose have suppositions and it's not really edifying you know so uh, when, that's what paul was telling timothy was that don't get caught up in those questions that you know deal with science falsely so called so why do i think god gave satan Lucifer and the angels free will I'm going to ask y'all a question i want to do the who was, it? who was it that taught by asking questions a great philosopher Jesus did that but, but anyway, why do you think that he did sure. thought, you know, and it's a great question it's a great question look there's something about God that he wants willful worship God could have made us robots to where He could have said something and we would just respond without any kind of emotion or desire. But listen, how does the Bible describe God? The Bible in the books of John's Gospel in 1 John sets forth three great characteristics of God, three things that God is. What are they? God is what else? Light and life. Now, he starts with light. He starts, God wants us to know he's holy. I believe it is my conviction and nobody's going to change me. I've read and dug and I am so dug in on this. I believe if God wanted us to know one thing and only one thing about him, it would be that he is holy. But God doesn't stop there. He is also love. This is the order in, in the Gospel of John as well as in the epistle of John that he, that he says, God is light. And then in chapter 3, God is love. And then later on, God is life. That's how he starts in the book of, of 1 John. The same pattern, the same man wrote under the same inspiration of the Spirit of God. But God wanted to be loved back by choice. I don't know what it not, now Now see, my head's starting to hurt. What is it about God that I can say, bless the Lord, and it blesses him? What is it about me that I can say I love you, Lord, and it affects him? That, that amazes me. There are mornings when I start my prayer and my study. I just, I, you know what I tell him? I just I just start and say, well. Most mornings I'll say, good morning God the Father, God the Son, God the I love you and I thank you for another day. My Lord, my love, and my life. And I tell Him, have I told you this morning that I love you? Just that, Have you ever prayed a prayer of just telling God that you love Him and appreciate Him and adore Him? And he, How can we extol Him? But we can with our lips. It's a mystery to me. But but because I don't understand it, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing it. But God wants to be loved because we love. He wants us to choose to love Him. Now, hold on a second. And, And when you think about that, God doesn't ask anything of man. I mean, He doesn't need any... God's complete without us. See why my head's hurting? But yet, on the other hand... He wants us to love Him, to respond to Him and say, I love you now that we know that He loves us. Look, why do bad things happen? I mean, why do... If, if there is... I, I know that, but it goes deeper than that. Why did God allow that to happen? Why does God allow children to suffer? Now, they're sinners, but they're innocent all at the same time. They've got that nature in them that has that fallen. But it goes back to this. And I preached a message on this sometime, I don't know, maybe four years ago. One of the greatest things God could have done for us is given us the freedom of choice. Love us enough, is what I should have said, give us the freedom of choice to decide whether we would love Him back in return. Now here's the deal. With that freedom comes all this responsibility. Uh, But, But... God, that that was the greatest gift that God could give to us. And, And the reason why bad things happen, now this sounds strange, but I'm telling you, when you get down to it, you dig it out, get it on the foundation, it's because God loves us. We make the dumb mistakes. We choose to do the bad things because God has given us a free will. Well, good, Lord. We'll start here, Lord willing, next week and uh, see where it goes. Let's stand and sing whatever Jerry and Judy has. If you need to pray, want to pray, come.